I actually did try to drink every time uh, one of us said yeah, and I got <laughs> I got trashed immediately. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, oh, your suggestion was every time we go off script, Jennifer. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because that's probably. Do that. I'm still gonna drink, but yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll drink extra for that. <laughs> exactly. We can go off script on purpose. We didn't <laughs> even start yet. Yeah, I mean I'm recording, but I'll start to re- I'll edit it down to whatever. Wait, just I just one... got. I was worried that you guys that you guys had more alcohol than me, so now I have a shot of. I asked. I asked my husband like if he could bring me another like more alcohol because my little gin and tonic is kind of sh- small, <laughs> and he and I guess I thought he would bring me a beer, but he brought me a shot of vodka. Hey, all right, yeah. salute. Yeah, <laughs> in a test tube. Yeah, nice, like in New Orleans. <laughs> Even better. Um. All right, should I start? <laughs> Wait, one mm-hmm. uh, just quick question. Uh, are we all drinking if somebody goes off script, or is it just the person who goes off script? I feel like we won't drink enough if it's just the person that goes off script. <laughs> all of us. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah that works for me. That okay. Works for me. Okay. I'll probably fuck this up immediately. <laughs> I'm already drunk. I can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Uh, so this is I. We haven't talked about a name. I guess. I guess we'll call it. I was just thinking podcasting. We are podcasting in a room. Sure. Why not? Okay. Uh, I can't guarantee I'll be in a room for the whole year, but yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Uh, after we have to we have to recite, like, we have to redo this every... Oh, okay. But I still... I th- <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll drink. <laughs> Give me a second to pour more into my glass. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Oh, fuck. I'm already fucking this up. You keep doing it. <laughs> I, I have to start... Oh, sorry. I have to start with the vodka first because I don't have anywhere to put it down. It's a goddamn test tube. There's no, like, bottom. That's, a, that's another one. So is this, I guess. <laughs> sorry. Oh, they got some of my... Stop! Stop! <laughs> Now I've lost track of where we are. Fuck. Should we just start over? (laughs) Start where it says, Brandon, I'm sorry. Okay, we won't drink for this part. Wait, what are we starting at? Oh, no. uh, You were at... I I just finished my... We have to redo this every... Oh, okay. It's you. Oh, okay. But I still... I thought you meant you weren't sure you were going to be in a room, like you were going to lose your space or something. Oh, you mean this space? Well, I'm losing this space. I'm out of this space here. Okay. I'm sorry. Go off with your intro. Well, that's it. I'm Rob, and I'm here with Brandon and Jennifer C. Martin, and uh, I don't know. Uh, how, uh, How would you guys... How do you guys think you would prefer to die, and when? Well, when you told me to think about death, I had terrible nightmares, um, and I never have, like, I barely even dream, much less have nightmares. Oh, man, I'm jealous. And I had nightmares that my sister and my youngest son were diagnosed with cancer. I woke up, like, crying and shit. Thanks, Rob. This is, that's honestly because of me you had. No, I don't know why. I, um... But if I wanted to die, it's very cliche, but I'd like to die when I was, like, old and just fall asleep. And, like, I don't care about it, you know. I'm such a, like, a, I guess I can say that I'm a pussy. 
But so, like, I'm a pussy when it comes to death. It's the number one thing stopping me, you know, because, like, I've dealt with a lot of suicidal ideation and, like, depression and stuff. But just being a total bitch about death is probably the number one reason, like, I haven't gone through with anything. Same. You you don't believe in, like, a, I know you, you're heavily Christian. You don't believe in, are you not, is it, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> is it is does the afterlife scare you i lost my place sorry god we're not gonna last long with this i mean like i was raised pentecostal so there's always that like 0.001 percent like fear in your mind like what if hell is like real? Then I'm definitely going to it. Like, like, um, like you never like lose this inherent like childhood fear. It's almost like I don't know. Like, I don't like to say that I've had a traumatic childhood because my childhood wasn't that traumatic compared to others. Like, nothing super bad that you can think of has ever happened to me. But like, belief in hell in and of itself is sort of like a traumatic experience for a child. Right. It's like, oh, like you have behaved this way or you will literally burn alive for longer than your life for all time. And you don't even have like a. That's a crazy fucking thing to say to a kid. Yeah, I mean, before you even have. Yeah, sucked up. <laughs> concept of time, like. Yeah, so like eyes a little bit scary. You worry about it. I don't know. I'm I'm iffy on the afterlife. I, I think, you know, I tend more toward, like, the Jewish tradition of, he, like, here and now, like, the point of Christianity. If there's an afterlife, we'll see. Hopefully, I'll at least get purgatory, right? That's not even in Protestantism, so. I don't even understand purgatory. Like, is that supposed to, are you supposed to, is there, like, an emotional state in purgatory? Or is it just supposed to be boring because it's the same? Well, for a while, purgatory and limbo were different in the Catholic Church, where, like, limbo is like, you're going to be here forever because you weren't baptized or whatever. So, like, you know, African babies go to limbo if they get, if they are not getting baptized, like, if they die young before whatever, and then eventually the Catholic Church is like, no, there's no limbo, there's only purgatory, which I guess is like, if you need to redeem yourself from some sin, because you didn't get to talk to a priest before you die, and absolve yourself of sins... So you have to, like, I don't know how it came through in the Bible. Like, I'm not really sure about how a lot of Catholic traditions came about because I'm not Catholic. But, but yeah, it's sort of just like, oh, well, this person was really bad. But they were also, you know, a good Catholic or a good Christian person. So they can come to heaven after a little while. I don't even know your religious background, uh, Brandon. And I've known you. What's up? <laughs> I don't even know your religious background. And I think I've known you longer. Okay. Um, God damn my it. computer froze. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, fuck. He's gone. <laughs> oh, God. What do we do? Do we just sit here? Do now? We, we drink the rest. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, like this is like the uh, nuclear option. Um, Is he like restarting his computer now? <laughs> I don't have. Oh, 
I do have his number via you. I guess I should add it to my phone so I'll know. Like, you know how you just get, like, people who you talk to in a group chat and you don't add their numbers? Yeah, all the time. Brandon is that person for me right now. <laughs> I'm sure you're that person for him, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm texting the group chat. Um, I'll just keep recording. Whatever. Do you want to talk more about being canceled in the meantime in case... Sure, I will talk about being canceled. Yeah. Um, I don't want to bring in the personal aspects of it, yeah, of but course. I was canceled this week by somebody who I know personally who was upset by my story. My story, Dead Black Lingerie <laughs> in Only Magazine. Oh, oh that was so sorry. Never mind, you'll just have to read it yourself. Yeah, sorry, we just decided to do a brief interview since we didn't know what else to okay. do. And then we dro- kept Problem, drinking. Like, tell us about Are your you still canceled- recording? Yeah, fuck it. Okay, cool. Is anybody actually listening to this? Like, tell us about your canceled story in case Brandon is gone. Yeah, in case he's dead. <laughs> I don't know. You have to drink a shit ton, by the way. Yeah, that was the biggest fuck up yet. Oh, okay. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Save that for the script. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Where were you? Um... I don't know if we've ever <laughs> talked about it, honestly. Really? Um, I mean, my I was raised a Christian, just non-denominationally, you know, uh, assimilationist Christian. Um, but yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I was I was taught about hell very early on, and it freaked me the fuck out. Freaked me the fuck out for years, for years, because like. At a certain point, it'd be like a lot of the Bible stories, kind of, especially the ones they tell kids start to, mm-hmm. you know, you start to not believe it so much. You know, the idea of getting swallowed up by a whale for a while and then being regurgitated back up. You know what I mean? Like, I understand now that they're, they're really just, you know, they're really just like parables. But I wasn't taught that. No, I wasn't either. Yeah. Like, this really happened. Like, you you gotta believe. Like, if you don't believe this shit, like, you're done forever. Fuck. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. Like, you're, you're smoking forever. Yeah, I, I had a relative... My grandfather was literally like a professor at a Christian college of like science and the Bible. And he believed not even all, I would say most Christian professors don't even believe all this now, but he did. He believed that like all of Genesis and all of the old Testament was all literal. And he would even have like these roundabout crazy ways of being like, and this is how we know the flood happened. And it's then like all this other shit. It's really wild that the circles that people can spin themselves into, into believing it. I think it's much nicer to hear it and be like, this is, you know, a parable and and a story to learn from. Yeah. Yeah, there's a huge cognitive disconnect if you're really trying to take it literally. Like, my mom would tell me things of, like, you know, she would tell me things that, like, the creation of Eve and stuff. And so, like, that's, like, why to this day women have, like, one less rib than men. And, like, I mean, I took... Is that true? I took her word for it. No, no. Do women have one less rib? No. It's not even... It's not true. It's not true. (laughs) It's not true. That ever, like, no women have 
don't have an odd number of ribs. I just never thought about it. Like it never occurred to me to check a partner's rib or anything. Well, I, I never occurred to me either. And then I did check it, and it was complete white. But the thing is, when my mom was like, I think she was trying to get into nursing school. Oh. So she was like working at like I think she may have been in nursing school already, but she I know she was looking at like cadavers. And anatomical text and stuff, and she was still telling me the shit. I don't, I still don't understand it now. I just don't understand, like, how people can be, like, a literalist when the first two pages of the Bible contradict each other about creation, about, like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, about, like, when men and women were created now, and just, I don't know, it's weird, and. It's because Christians don't like learn anything from like like technically what it is. Christianity is supposed to be derived from Judaism, but yet they don't know like how like Jews read the Bible or the scriptures. They're like so they're just like, "Oh, well, I guess this is all real. Like, let's just take this all at face value without even having studied it." Like, I don't even think Jewish people believe it's all literal. So like Well, I've never heard of a flat earth or Jewish person, so yeah, no, it's not like that. It's just like they, like, fuck. Like, they understand <laughs> it's parables for lessons or whatever. There you go. And they <laughs> still, you know, they still have conservative Jews, but conservative Jews still tend to just follow, like, the rules more than believe the stories as literal. I think they, I think they, like, respecting the scholarly approach to the religious texts, too. Like, I think that a lot of the Christian population who are, like, biblical literalists, I don't think that they really enjoy seeing the Bible in, like, a, in a circle context at all. I think they just want it to be divorced from, you know, time and space and just being, like, the Word of God. Yeah, not to mention, like... Yeah. Literal hundreds of translations over thousands of years. Which they get sort of upset if you bring that up. Like, you know, this isn't God wasn't. If God was talking to you, you know, was being transcribed like it wasn't in English. And they sometimes get offended by that, but... Yeah, wasn't there a Bill Hicks joke about... Fuck, that's too close. Sorry, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, about... That's my shot of vodka down. Oh shit! You gotta get more. Um... Yeah, wasn't there a building joke to you about like <laughs> what's to say on the front of the Bible, King King James Bible? Fuck. That's his Bible. Yeah. I like the Bible. Of all the translations, I like that one. It's very uh, poetic. I've never actually been able to get through it because I'm too dumb. Like, I can't even read. Fuck. <laughs> like, I can't read Shakespeare. I had to read the bowdlerized versions in high school, and I don't know. My brain just couldn't function that way. I mean, I don't. I don't blame you. I studied Shakespeare in college, you know, um, like, uh, it's part of my major, 
And honestly, I, I don't Fuck. I don't get this whole thing of like Shakespeare reading Shakespeare having to be agony. <sighs> like it like it's people see it. Think of it as this kind of like highfalutin thing. <laughs> That's a type of benchmark. That if you can't understand what the fuck he's saying, then you're dumb. But again, it's like they were talking like that. What is it? The 17th century? Yeah. Maybe. I don't fucking remember anymore, but it's like... I think it was six. Yeah, like six, 16th. And it like, <laughs> I don't know. It's easier if you say it out loud since it was supposed to be performed. All right. That wasn't right either. <laughs> he said, "All right." Fuck. That was, you're, that was a body. I thought he was just like saying oh. reaction. I thought he was just like breathing and then saying "right." Oh, maybe he was, and I just fucked it up. Either way, <laughs> sorry. No, I, my I, my shit shutting down. Yeah, hey, I'm halfway through this bottle. I found it. I found it easier when I had to study it, but whatever, people, that's just, like, like language changes. If those people came into our fucking universe and, like, looked online and saw all the shit that we say, they would have no idea what we were saying either. Yeah, I mean, every day going on Twitter, it takes, like, 15 minutes to figure out what people are say, like, what the words they're saying mean anymore. Yeah. Because there's just new references every fucking day. New references. <laughs> you look. New levels of irony. Sorry. Yeah, like that <laughs> website exists, like Rap Genius. Oh yeah. That has like translations to stuff that's coming out like today. Yeah. Like you know, uh, Shakespeare is like so much of his work has like double one. Meanings and double entendres, and I don't <laughs> doubt that a lot of, like, you know, the peasant classes that were standing in the Globe Theater were like kings <laughs> or whatever. Like, they might not have, they might have got every reference. The key, like, the nobles may not have got the references either. They're there for the slapstick. Yeah, that's true, actually. That was the entire point, wasn't it? It was something. He was communicating to two different audiences. Two different audiences. <laughs> on two different levels. And that was, like, part of the genius of him. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. Thinking about rap genius, too, like thinking about just how Christians still use Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah as like a religious song constantly. A song about being <laughs> sad and fucking. Yeah, I mean, John Cale, uh, the story, I don't know if you guys have heard the story behind the the current iteration of Hallelujah, but apparently Leonard Cohen wrote like 150 verses to it. It would just... Oh my god. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he would just perform random verses live and one time John Cale 
heard a performance and he was like, hey, I want to do a cover of that. Can you send me the lyrics? And then he sent him like 50 pages of lyrics and he said he, quote, just took out the naughty bits and um, then made them the song. That is a gratuitous amount of lyrics. Yeah, I mean, I respect it. I can't write any, so. I want to <laughs> see a version of him doing it in one just one take. <laughs> yeah it would be nice I uh, I wonder if John Cale still has all the original lyrics that he faxed him because he's dead I mean Leonard Cohen's dead now so I don't know of any record of the other verses unless there's like recordings of live performances from them um but yeah so what was the question? How do I want to die? I don't remember. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, how do you want to die? Oh uh, man, I don't even know anymore. Um, I there used to be like for a long time, the like my my thing was like like there's no way I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to like sit <laughs> in the hospital bed or like get old older or whatever. Just the idea of that seems like um, it was was horrifying to me, you know, Um, to (laughs) (laughs) like to like, well, to just certain uh, I don't even know if you like just slowly lose a certain amount of control of agency. And that's what I thought it was, you know, so you did fuck it up. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even hear him fuck it up. I'm getting to the point where I'm so drunk that like I can't like it doesn't occur to me when other people fuck up. I just wait for other people to drink. I'm over halfway. My I'm over halfway through this bottle of wine now. <laughs> I don't drink very much, so this is like yeah. I drink. I, just drink I, I don't either. A shot of vodka. Yeah, me neither. I drink uh, like one light beer at night now because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is middle-aged dr- drunk for sure. Yeah. For me. <laughs> okay. Um. So. You were supposed to say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I always like, I always just am like, oh, when the opportune time comes, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna just kill myself, like you know, um, and you know, I had like suicidal ideation. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like depressive episodes like that too even divorced from that there was like there was this conscious like thought of like <laughs> oh, god <laughs> sorry <laughs> alright that if I'm gonna go that I'd like to do it you know Um, but now I don't know I don't have a preference I'm just like I, I think if anything, I would just be. I think the romanticism from like being like a sad, sad, sad kid for so long, um, like the last remnant of it, is like me wanting to be like if I'm going to die, I like to be like aware of it. I think. Oh, I don't. In what way? I don't. Yeah. Well, I want to know. Like, do you? Want to have like a gun pointed at your face 
<laughs> what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because that's that that means somebody else gets to do it. I don't really want that either, but I do like. What about an animal? Right. I'm gonna drink right now because I want to say this. Like, uh, an animal would be sick. Yeah, if I right. An animal would be fucking awesome. Like reading half of this, I feel like we were drunk the first time we had this conversation. <laughs> I was kind of. Okay. I am so self-critical that like I read my lines and I think I wish I had said this like it's like the worst like anxiety inducing self-criticism every single time we record that's, that's the some beauty of it right there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean at some point we'll we'll self-critic guys <laughs> <laughs> oh I will tell you I would I will tear this shit apart yeah um where were we but, like, I want to know, like, what it feels like to be, like, oh, this is my final moment. This is it. Hmm. Oh, my God. I don't. I do want to know. I don't. I don't want to know anything. You don't get too many of those. You don't get many opportunities to feel that. So. Hmm. Well, one thing I'm really curious about, actually, is, like, to lose... Like having dementia to like, I want to know what that feels like, but then also be able to live my life and reference it. Like, wait, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Are you changing my charger? You look like you're in a found footage horror film. Where were you in the li- in the line? I didn't. I finish. Oh, so <laughs> shit! This is my fault. Yeah, my grandfather had Al- Alzheimer's. Like, yeah, like for a long, long time, and like. Sorry, belated drink. Mine too. <laughs> and then, like, he finally died, and like, I don't know. His last, like, I remember, like, we didn't go and say bye to him, and, like, he hadn't really known who I was for, like, a year, and everyone was just hoping, like, you know, there's a certain point when someone has Alzheimer's or dementia that you're like, God, I wish they would die. (laughs) Sorry, every time I read that line, I'm just thinking about how horrible that sounds versus what I meant. No, but I, like, totally Um, agree. But also, I just realized we're only on page 16. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) We've been doing this for half an hour. Not because of how, not because you want, you don't, fuck, you don't want them to die. (laughs) But because it just seems like such a miserable life, you know. Yeah, even just living at a home. So I just waved at him and he waved at me and then, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just seeing my grandmother in a home recently. I mean, like, when she was in the hospital like a year or two ago, maybe two or three years ago now, um. When I visited her at one point, she was just, I was just trying to talk to her, and I guess the way I lead conversations, and she just ended up saying, like, yeah, I'm done. I don't, I wish they would stop reviving me, like. Jesus! (laughs) I'm just bored, like, basically. But, um, yeah, I don't know, the whole... Thing of having dementia is so interesting to me because of how long that you can just be like clueless or they can really 
Fuck, they can be really cheery. Like my grandfather was. Like he would always just repeat, uh, "Where's my martini? How's my? How about in my Manhattan?" Um, and uh, just other weird catchphrases or like other people that like get really angry and like scared to some extent. I don't know. There's something weird and morbid because like I was living with my grandfather when he was like mild and to more. Mm-hmm. Maybe more like moderate Alzheimer's. Um, like I just lived with him for a month or two. We had sold our house in Tennessee and we were about to move to Virginia. And so this would have been like two fuck. 2015. <laughs> and he was starting to lose some of his like more like day to day stuff. But he had the sudden resurgence of like childhood memories and like adolescent oh. memories. And he started talking about like this old girlfriend he'd had. He started singing songs that we'd never heard him sing before. It was really, really interesting. That's one thing I really wish we could get to is like, I remember hearing or reading something when I was little about how in the future we're going to have pills where you can just experience somebody else's consciousness. Jesus. That sounds awful. I don't want that. I'm really curious, like, that's just all I wonder all the time, is just, like, what it's like. Because I just wonder, like, how much of our thoughts, of our memories define our consciousness, like, how much of consciousness is just memory, and then just without that, what consciousness is like. But I guess if, if you come out of it, like, what would you remember? I don't know. Oh, fuck. I would take a pill of your consciousness. Mine? Yeah. <laughs> How do you, like, you customize the pills you get to pick? Like, whose consciousness? Or is it just, like, a grab bag at random? I don't want that. I don't know. This is like around the same time. I remember hearing about this around the same time I heard about HDTV for the first time. God. Years before it came. Sorry. Fuck. Uh, years before it came out, which was like, oh, yeah, in the future, you're going to have TVs that are really high definition. Yeah, those are those are comparable technologies. Yeah. You get to see The Simpsons a little more queerly, and you get to fucking ghost in a shell somebody. You ever wonder that? Just like what it's like to be in somebody else's head? <clears throat> kind of. I want to know what's inside him. Yeah. <laughs> My head is stressful, you guys. I have, like, multiple, multiple streams of thoughts at once, and, like, none of them are, like, smart or intellectual. It's always, like, three, seven different things to be anxious about at once, and then, like, whatever the task I'm, whatever I'm doing at the moment, and then just, like, this general, I don't know. And then, like, this horrible, like, layer of just, like, existential things and maybe, and then, like, maybe if I'm, like, horny or hungry or something more primal than that, too. How do you... Fuck. How do just you like... I also wouldn't want to wish my consciousness to anybody either. 
That that doesn't sound like a good time. I don't know why you would like. I never. I don't envy somebody else's consciousness necessarily. When I when I say I wonder a lot of the time, it's just like how 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 are they able to function? Like they're so stupid. Like they're so stupid. Like how are they able to think that way? It makes no sense to me. I was assumed chill people have like really fun circumstances, you know, or maybe like I'm like maybe they're rich or privileged another way, and so that's why they're not worried about stuff all the time. Maybe, but like, but that's not true. I know it's not. Yeah, I mean, but also, isn't like isn't art in general and like writing and stuff isn't just communication a way of giving people a glimpse into your consciousness, even though. I think that's what it is. Like, I think that that's what I that's what I consider to be like the most like potent thing about art is like is its communicated aspects. Like, you know, like you get to um, you get to kind of see how um, how somebody distills around environment. There's friends. I was at um actually when I was still before I ever actually moved to Indiana. Oh right. Which I don't even want to get out, but, but before I even moved there, I uh, like my last big like hurrah was to go to the Wagba, take a bunch of acid, and go to the Wagba. Like, and the whole time I I, I I saw these like these paintings as like um like little like windows into somebody else's perspective, like consciousness perspective, like you know what they you know like what they choose to emphasize and how they saw things, you know, everything is kind of similar in that they're landscapes and stuff. But like some people accentuate like the shadows mean more to them or the highlights mean more to them. That actually reminds me, I've never done acid or shrooms or any hallucinogenics, but I've read about them a lot because that culture has a lot of facets that interest me. And, like, isn't that sort of what, um, like, Ken Kesey and Charles Manson and stuff were attempting to do with acid a lot of times? Was that just... Wait, fuck. <laughs> was just, like, to have a collective conscious that everybody sort of experiences the same brain. So. Jeefer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got into acid because of the buttle surfers. The, the, the <laughs> idea of the, yeah, the collective consciousness and like trying to uncover things that are only accessible to you, like, under certain, like, the hippy-dippy, bleh, like, spooky kind of escape my radar. I don't, I don't really know. I'm not sure what it is. I think there are a lot of people who think that. Oftentimes, I, I don't enjoy getting high with those people. But, um, but yeah, there might be some truth to it, because I think uh, one of, I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Fisher... Marxist theorist. Um, I'm not sure. Hero capitalist realism. Okay. Before, before he killed himself, I think the the last work 
that he was working on was like you know potentially utilizing like psychedelics or you know having that as a potential avenue to sort of expand up your imagination. Is it me now? Yeah. Oh fuck. Uh, non. Hmm. Is that the right one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because his his notion that he came out with in capitalist realism was that like a society plus capitalist society is incredibly difficult for for people to imagine right now. It's so entrenched in the way that we think and everything that's around us is very difficult to us to really imagine how a society that is like like a post-revolution society would exist. A non-transactional society? God. Yeah. <laughs> like, one one not based on, not one entirely based on, like, commodity production or that has a profit incentive, you know. I mean, just, like, just basic day-to-day things. And I think about it, too. Like, you know what is, like, so much of, like, the music that I listen to, like, you know they have, like, it's escapable from, like, the environment that it comes from. Right. And so it's it's inescapable, in effect, like, from the economic system that the environment employs. So it's, like, a weird thing to just, like, think about, like, because, like, I think about, like, um, you know, music... And, um, you, you know, like, pre-colonial societies, like, you know, pre-colonial, like, like, um, periods, like, a lot of indigenous music, a lot of it is very communal. It's a lot of, it's very, like, religious, spiritual, um, it's meant for the collective. It's mostly, are you talking about the mostly, like, rhythm-based sort of stuff, too? Yeah. Like, more improvised and... Yeah, like Indies and Gamelon, or, um, you know, a lot of, like, I don't know. But, um, like, I don't think they had, like, individual pop artists, you know? Right. Their they're the society wasn't Ugh. atomized to the point where you had individuals, like, making, like, you know, the glow part two in their bedrooms or something. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like then how uh, because it's how you know we are more individually minded than we are collectively minded. Yeah. So what about like instruments? So were they? Did they have to like find their voice in a specific instrument or anything? The way we tend to think about it, like somebody's specific guitar t- tone and everything. I don't know. I mean, I don't really know the, the like the history of it, or like the inner workings of like like the two those dynamics were reached. Not even entirely sure. Like, I mean, we're talking about like several different cultures. Oh, right. <laughs> like. Over, like, over, like, you know, millennia. But I don't know. I'm sure they had, like, different varying relationships to even, like, the instruments that they played. If they owned them, or if they were multifaceted, I don't know. Hmm, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to segue out of that. 
Well, yeah, I always think about, you know, how it's like how people communicate or express differently. But I, as a writer, I'm always worried about how people are interpreting the things that I say. Woo! I don't, this, I'm talking about this right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of this is to just keep going. That life keeps going on and we're stuck in the, this moment. Uh, sorry, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am I supposed to say something? Yeah, you say right. Right. <laughs> um, what was this in in the waking life? No matter how much of like on a wavelength or how linguistically culturally similar you are to someone, you still really cannot help how they take what you say. You never know if they you take it the way that you intended. And it's like words are just like symbols for an intent you're trying to express. And it's really hard sometimes to express an idea or an emotion with somebody, no matter how similar it is, and no matter how well you communicate it. I ask, what kind of stuff do you write? Like, what genre? Bullshit, mostly. Like, I just made myself sound really cool. I mostly write quizzes and slideshows, but um, I also have... I, I have a blog, um, The Dirtbag Christian, and then I'll be writing some fiction for only magazines <laughs> soon. And, like, I used to write a lot more, like, newsy media pieces, but they don't do as much freelance work anymore. Like, I have a full-time job, so I, like, I have a pretty full plate anyway. But, yeah, I can write lots of different things, and so I... But because I write so many different types of things, I'm always thinking, like, I'm writing for this kind of audience, I'm writing this kind of subject, I want this kind of person, so I'm always, like, switching gears, like, you know. The baby boomers who I write quizzes and slideshows for don't want to hear about, like, religion politics at all versus, like, my blog, you know, that's all it is. And then fiction, you know, you know you want to do it, but not so heavy-handed. And I don't know who's going to read that. But you are just always, a, fuck, adapting yourself. Sorry. Really. Or maybe that's just me. I'm adapting myself to write or communicate with a different type of person. So I try to be very, like, in tune with how I connect with, with them or the type of person I think would want to read or hear whatever it is I have to say. So would you say the audience has a fundamental role in, like, in how, I guess, the finished product of your work? Absolutely. I would say maybe it's like, I mean, to a point, you know, there's some selfishness things. Like, I write about things, especially in the my personal blog and my personal life. I write about things that are important to me. But, like, I guess I've just been a commercial writer for long enough that I know that, one, like, people have to read it. But one, but even what, fuck, even if it's... <laughs> Not about, like, I don't care who reads it. You still want it to connect with somebody. So I definitely I definitely constantly consider my audience and what people will think and what they will feel, and they read something that I write. And so I try. I adapt a little bit to them in it. I think it changes how I communicate it as well. Thinking of the audience definitely has changed in my writing style. <laughs> Do you worry about how it will connect with them? Like, if there's a wrong way for them to connect with it? <laughs> Jennifer? Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I mean, like, yeah, I run into shit all the time, and, you know, I try to take it, I try not to take it personally. Mm. Like, for instance, you know, it's, like, little things. I copy-pasted some, like, term in one of my blogs. I use the the word lat Latinx, and even, not even know if I'm saying it. And somebody was like,
Wait. Am I? Oh, fuck. You again, Rob. God <laughs> damn it. I was no, no, on the wrong that, page. Oh. That's a really condescending term, and people really need to stop using it. And, like, I hadn't heard that before. But I thought, you know, like, whatever I was trying to communicate, the person totally dismissed because I used that one word. And, you know, you have to think about stuff like that. But I don't think about, you know, people get, some people are really touchy about political correctness. But for me, I find it more interesting. Like, I'm not trying to to make people write off something that I think and say because I use a word that's offensive. Like, it defeats the purpose of writing in the first place. So, like, I like to be somewhat not offensive. (laughs) Or at least somewhat non-offensive to the right people, the right audience. Oh, sweet summer child. (laughs) Right. I said right. <laughs> Jennifer. Oh, like obviously the stuff that I write is offensive to some people, but I don't care about those people, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's funny. I guess that's all political correctness is really, is just like trying not to piss off the right people, but then the wrong people always get pissed off and they want you to change. <laughs> but it's like, we're not, we don't care about you, Jennifer's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. Should I, should I edit that out? Oh my no. God. Oh, this is so surreal. I'm sorry. I'm going to cancel you if you edit everything in the zone. Ah, fuck. I'm, I've <laughs> almost done this bottle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't drunk a wine bottle since, like, somebody's, I can't remember, like, a wedding I went to maybe a decade ago. Oh, my God. It's been more recent for me, but it's been a while. <laughs> Wait, where are we? Um, say, yeah, the one where you say we've been talking for half an hour. We're that far at, Wait, where is that? <laughs> Say, yeah, I don't care, like, yeah. Page 27. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Uh, that's, that's, I was looking at it, too. Yeah, well, we've been talking for a half an hour. Do you guys have anything else? God, it's been 47 minutes this time. Do you, have, do you guys have Ooh. anything else you'd want to add? or? I have no idea. I don't know what I can say that, like, I'm comfortable being preserved. And having to, like, recite again over the course of a year. I mean, everything is preserved now. Almost, I can't... I almost never talk to people in a way that isn't preserved anymore. Do you think that... Brandon. Oh, shit. No, sorry. (laughs) Do you think the feds are listening? Yeah. Well, that, but also just, like, talking on the phone, talking over text, talking over email. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, just everything is, like... Do you think that historians will sift through, like, Twitter and emails and shit in the future? There's so much content. What will they do? I mean, I think there will be, like, metadata. They can uh, sort what they're... I'll I'll, I'll let you know. I'm sorry. What is he doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Sorry. Okay. I thought you were talking to us. Sorry. 
Oh, you can hear me. I'm so, I'm so what, sorry. What if we just... Oh, I don't want your podcast to not be listened to because it's an hour. What if we just, like, well, sped through it? How, like, how many people are listening to it right now? How many people are listening to us repeat the same conversation every week? I mean, if we bring in the bit about the, the cancel, maybe we'll get two more listeners. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Let's just keep powering yeah, through. we're begging on you, Jennifer. Fuck it. <laughs> Why that's not what, have? That's what the literary magazine thought—that they were banking on me, and look what happened to them. <laughs> well, we can't bank on us. <laughs> uh, so it's on you, Rob. Fuck me. I, what do I have? <laughs> um, I have a cat with diabetes. Um, no, just just like fucking make it long. This will be the long one. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, where was I? Uh, so it's you where you talk about I mean. Yeah, I, I said something about metadata. I'll just go with because I I mean yeah like it is going. I think a lot of history is like, god damn it, ah based on individual narratives. Like I was just hearing about this guy who owned slaves, just some random guy, but they found his journal and it's illuminating just to get this one guy's perspective that. He wasn't thinking anybody was going to see. I think, um, yeah, I think, I don't know. It's weird to think about what the ever-expanding future with more and more people and more and more stuff being archived will be deemed important. Yeah. But I think, yeah, there will be themes ultimately that are sought, that are dissected, and then whatever is available of individual people. I mean, we already do with blogs, like people searching through old blogs for things i mean we make memes out of like the bodybuilding forum posts and stuff like yeah my kids occasionally make references to like memes or things that i know that they've never experienced before but because it's in a meme format and they like their cause i don't let them have too much media access but they can watch like gamer like pg gamer youtube things and they'll see like the gamer guy referenced those things, and so they'll start referencing it. Like, what did they reference the other day? Something from Homestar Runner? And I'm like, you've never watched Homestar Runner. But it's not even just that, because, like, a meme can just be a post somebody made. It can just be something. Yeah. <laughs> it can just be a face you made in public. That somebody happened to capture it on camera. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing already is the future of history basically i mean it's fascinating it's like you know it's it it's the like the logical conclusion to like the whole pop art thing you know or like postmoderny like the idea of postmodern art is like the abolishing the distinction between like highbrow and the lowbrow to where like everything just becomes like kind of like homogenized as this weird sort of mishmash culture yeah I kind of like it. Yeah. I I think it's fascinating, which I don't <laughs> know where else it can go, which I, I, I also, I mean, I tie it into, like, um, you know, political, like, you know, just like the political states and how, like, this this type, you know, like, this kind of postmodern kind of, like, culture is, like, white capitalist culture, you know, it's like... yeah. It's the disruption and the rejection of all things sacred and unlike and just turned into commodities. 
Just like, you know, you can't, like, you know, um, I mean, you can't buy pretty much anything now. Like, there's no, like, you can buy, like, you can buy, like, uh, you can buy, like, Joe Crucifixes and shit. Yeah, I mean. There's nothing, like, there's nothing, like, sanctified or anything anymore. You can just see anybody naked now. Like, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody you can think of. Yeah, you're to be naked, like. Yeah. I know you're referring to, by the way, and I will take a drink for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, like, the next thing that comes is basically just a great consolidation. Like, you can't unring a bell. Like, all these forms of communication, all these forms, all these disparate micro-content things. Like, I mean, I always think it's going to say it's... <sighs> Fuck. I mean, I always think it's interesting, like how TikTok and stuff, like in Vine, like you have like these moments that before would be in a movie. Like a lot of memes are being. Like a lot of memes are basically just a TikTok or a Vine taken from a movie or a TV show. And I think we're going to keep seeing everything break apart more like that, and then eventually just it's going to be more... Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) What was I saying? And I think we're going to keep seeing everything break apart more like that, and then eventually just it's going to be so much... That we're going to see like a great consolidation again of media, of all these things still existing, but there's going to be more focus on long form and larger format again at some point. That sounds crazy exhausting. Yeah. When you talk about like a full length, like a feature film of a TikTok. I mean, it's already sort of exists. You go on YouTube, my roommate's kid, he showed, he just put on a video of memes the other day. Like, it was just this guy seemingly just has, like, um, I guess he just sets up, like, he coded something to pick up <laughs> stuff off Reddit or Emma, Imger or whatever. And then he has a robot voice read it, which is why... Which is what makes me think it's all automated. That it's just this program pulls all these memes, reads what it says, and then reads it out loud. Just this. Wait, wait, where was I? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea where I just was. Reads what it says, and then reads it out loud from the synthetic voice. And then it just plays all of them for 10 minutes or whatever. and i think we're going to keep seeing more of that eventually we're just going to we're going to see much more focus on curated on curation again uh well 
Well, I feel I feel like that's symptomatic of like a society becoming more and more depressed. It's like from my from my perspective, I feel like this like incessant need to have noise. You know, or like just just total stimulation, like you know, like sensory stimulation comes from the fact that like you know, being alive right now is kind of unbearable for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're sitting here talking about what things are like in the future, but in all my leftist spaces, like, the real cynical ones are like, there's not going to be an America, there's not going to be a future, like... I don't think it's like, well, uh, well, I don't think there's going to be an America. Well, I don't want there to be an America. That's neither... Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, but that's not a similar. I feel very uncomfortable about that. That's probably a net positive, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess what this comes down to is we've sort of reached the cultural singularity. Where just everything is always happening and everything's fleeting. We're all like, do you ever hear of the story of, like, Rocky Erickson? Like, the only way he could get to sleep was by having, like, nine TVs on at the same time on different channels. Oh, really? Oh, my fucking God. Well, he was schizophrenic, right? Yeah. 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 And he was... Wow. At that point, that was... That was strange. That was not normal <laughs> behavior. I think we've all kind of... We were becoming Robbie Argus. Oh, that's true, yeah. Well... Yes. Yeah, I mean... It's been the thing forever long now. Like, we watch, like, I mean, so many shows are based around the fact that you're not going to be watching them. You're going to be reading, looking at your phone, watching videos on your phone while you're watching TV, probably. Yeah. Wait. Oh, and the person next to you is watching other videos. There are, like, 10-hour videos on YouTube. There are, like, whole swaths of YouTube that, like, don't expect you to... expect you to fall asleep to this, like, to this 10-hour. Yeah. Like, 10-hour thing. Like, that's the whole purpose. They don't expect you to watch the whole video inside of Artistic Sabian. That's just... It's just there. It's just drone for you. It's just background. Yeah. For your... <laughs> <laughs> I bet Ray Bradbury is glad he's dead for all this. Oh, fuck. I'm done my wine. <laughs> you know what? Have you guys heard? I have never watched this show, but uh, I've listened to a couple songs from what's that crazy ex-girlfriend show where she's like, oh, where yeah. she's like, she has a song about Ray Bradbury, she, about how much she wants to fuck Ray Bradbury. Wait, what crazy ex-girlfriend show is this? It's called Crazy yeah, Ex-Girlfriend. I think the show is called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. My crazy ex-girlfriend like, loved the, it. The meme lady from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? The crazy ex-girlfriend meme lady? What? No, like, there's oh. a girl. There's oh, like no, a not, show. The, it's like a not the Reddit show, meme. And, yeah. and that girl in that show has a song about how much she wants to fuck Ray Bradbury. Was Ray Bradbury the, the guy yeah, right? who wrote the story that the play is based on in Birdman? Wait, what? Remember the movie Birdman? Yeah. Was that was the story he was adapting Ray Bradbury? Oh, I my am, God. I, I, it sounds I, like I that no could idea. be... 
Like I, it sounds like that could be true, and I don't know anything. If I don't know if it is, but I'm gonna say it's true for the podcast, so I can spread misinformation. If, if, in if that's if if that's the truth, like I hope that's the truth, because I I I really like Red Bradbury. I like his short stories and stuff, and like, oh man, Birdman is just so, like such a disillusionment of masculinity, like LA culture. Oh. Like, well, like, yeah, like I, I love that movie. Like, like living in LA and just seeing how, like, like the contrast of like the the glitz and glamour and how like grimy this shit is. Yeah. I love that movie. Well, now, like, that's Ray a person in New York, I feel though. like would be, yeah, he he could do that. <laughs> he could find the dark side of this shit. Oh yeah, I don't know. I just remember I saw with a friend. She told me, um, whoever the writer was, he was adapting the play of was like a hyper masculine writer. That like was like very indicative of the character <coughs> character that um what's his face Michael Keaton like Batman David was Mamet playing. Play? That sounds like David something David Mamet. No, <laughs> no, I would recognize David Mamet even though I've never seen ah. Glenn Gary Ginn Ross or anything. Uh-huh. But uh, or wait, did he do films too? Or am I thinking of that other guy? I don't. Uh, he, oh no, he. I think he did. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. No, but like, so I think somebody else did that. No, who, who was the guy who did the films that D.A. Pennebaker shot? Bob Dylan. Besides Bob Dylan. Oh. <laughs> uh, they're like, there was like some hyper mask. Fuck me, right? <laughs> Why is this? Oh, this is the song. Okay. Now you have to wait. You now now Brandon has two things to do after this. It's read this article, but probably more importantly, watch this "fuck me Ray Bradbury" video. Oh, okay, she looks right. like Britney Spears in the Man, video for "Hit Me Baby" one more time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where this music is coming from. I like it. I feel like I'm having a trip. Oh. Alright, we got through one chorus. I like that I hope show. You don't get tagged for yeah. copyright content now. I mean, we're, we're on Spotify. We probably will. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I really like that show, but it also it like was very. I remember I would criticize the friend who was always spot- spying on everybody that sh- that she was dating everything, and I was like, she's fucked up. And then my ex girlfriend that I was dating at the time was kind of fucked up, would just like <laughs> be kind of quiet <laughs> about all the spying shit. And then I found out later that she was like spying on me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Probably becomes less funny at that point. So then you go and Andy Warhol. Ties her up. Hold on. I'm almost out of alcohol, so... I am out of alcohol, and I just threw up into my hand. <laughs> oh, no, babe. Oh, no. <laughs> Only a little bit. Um, I was laughing too hard. Wait, what was I saying? Who's saying what? And Andy Warhol. And Andy Warhol. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Andy Warhol would be excited. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Should I get a beer? Yeah. Okay. How about water or crackers? I have water here too that I just took. All a right. Sip I'm of. a mom. I'm like making sure everybody's taking care of their bodies. Oh, yeah. No, I, listen to me. I'm an uncle, so I have uncle magic. It's cool. 
<laughs> oh, you can go for days. Oh my god. We're so close to being done. I know. I'm looking at the page count. <laughs> Alright, I'm back. I didn't pick up the microphone. I'm back. <laughs> uh, did I finish? No, you say... Or maybe Andy Warhol would be excited. Or maybe Andy Warhol would be excited. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Oh. How I don't know. I also think... Sorry. I never really thought about it, actually, about how production values simultaneously keep getting worse and better at the same time. Do you remember the video of all the people that lived in the TikTok house? It was like, I think it was in like November, maybe October, November. Don't even remember when it was. Like last year of. The Eternal Now. Yeah, so like there was this video of like all these extremely attractive fit people showing how they do every day. And they're like, this is the filming room and this is the workout room. And it was just, it was just like in some LA house. And like all these people must have been like 25 or under. They were all extremely attractive and they were all TikTok influencer types and they all lived in like the same house. And they were all filming in all rooms all the time, right? Yes, yes. It wasn't just like this is the exercise room where you get a break from this. Like, no, you're always content yeah what a weird way to live that's uh, horrifying i feel like jennifer's talking faster to try and get through this quicker now <laughs> wrap it up uh yeah but i mean we were expecting this forever i guess i mean between andy warhol the truman show a tv uh yeah well fuck uh that woman in the 90s or I remember my dad reading an article to me in the 90s about a woman that was just going to leave her webcam on all the time and you could just check in and see what she's up to. Oh, yeah, that girl. And they like, yeah. And she ended, I think, she ended up having sex with her friend's boyfriend or something. Oh, really? And it was on camera. Damn. So. Yeah, fuck. Why well, would I was gonna say I was saying fuck <laughs> ah! I was saying why would she do that I guess but I mean like this is before anyone even ever thought about it maybe it was a radical statement like I'm going to do this thing knowing the consequences that might happen yeah yeah, it's crazy, but, like, banality used to be such, like, a radical statement in, like, in art, you know, to just, like, do, like, normal shit, like, um, yeah, I forgot who that artist was, she was, like, a mixed-media artist, um, like, her, her museum installation piece was just, like, a like, her messy bed, like, a replication of her messy bed. Yeah. And it was like it made like huge waves, and now like that's all gone, and it's now like it's just it's just like something with a filter on it. Sometimes not, but yeah. Wait, oh fuck, it's me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about how whenever Brandon gets drunk, he starts sounding like Bill Cosby, and now I just lost the page. Oh my god, <laughs> I- I'm gonna. I I don't know. 
should I should I be really offended by that or like is that like is that just a cadence thing? Um, maybe. It, oh no, I was gonna make a really insensitive joke about the fact that he <laughs> was never drunk. He was never the one that was drinking. Uh, but um, that's. Wait. So am I saying we all have to stick out? Yeah. Okay. We have to stick out. Like I remember a girl in OK Cupid when I was in Indiana. She had a video that she recorded of her going to bed and going to sleep, and that was her profile. She just had a link to a live feed she had done, like going back. Fuck, like back when you could do that with Google Hangouts or YouTube, and it was just like six hours. And I was skipping through it, and it was just like, yeah, there she is sleeping. That's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's it. That's about 40 minutes or an hour and 10 <laughs> minutes, technically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I live a pretty online life, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah, we're all chauvinists and voyeurs in our own way. Yeah. This whole thing is part of it, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, to cut down on the torture in the future, I think I'll cut this off now. Yes. Sounds good. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Later. There you go. <laughs> motherfucking curtains. So long. Wait, I didn't. You said out of order, Brandon. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh. Now we got to drink again. Uh, I'm I'm out. I think I'm out. This is my last. I I saved it. I was taking tiny sips at the end. Oh, you. Uh, something or other. Woo. <laughs> I don't ever drink this much. Yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah, I don't either, honestly. And I don't even have anything. To, I'm unemployed. I don't have anything to do. This is past the unemployed type drunk. <laughs>